I felt like I had lost who I was. Yes. I wasn't Lori anymore. I was this, I don't even know how to describe it. I was the collection of everybody else's demands. (laughs) That is the perfect way to put it. (laughs) That is the perfect way to put it. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 167 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. And I want to remind everybody, if you enjoyed the podcast, head on over to your favorite podcast player or wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. We haven't asked for reviews in a while, but we have been getting a few and I want to get some more. Yeah, we want to know what you think. Yeah. So, uh, you mind if I grab one? No, that's fine. But I will say, if you don't like the topic, don't give us a bad number. (laughs) I saw somebody got a bad review because somebody didn't like the topic of one of their podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't our podcast, but yeah. I feel bad for podcasters that get a bad review because it does make your, your little rating go down and... It's not fair. Anyway. <laughs> We've gotten a few. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see that even on things that people purchase. Like, you know, they'll buy something and they'll be like, oh, I didn't like the color. I'm, okay. Um, but <laughs> why'd you give it a one? Yeah. The, pro- but, the product functions. <laughs> or the size was smaller than I thought, but I didn't check. Yeah. But, but they still gave them a bad review. Which means you're bigger than you thought. David, that's not what that meant. I wasn't talking about clothes. I'm talking about like a table or something. No. Well, I mean, clothes are, it's hard. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I know when I order shirts, it all depends on the type of shirt and all that. Sometimes it's one size, other times it's another size. But anyway, when you do something like that, you order the wrong thing, you give somebody a bad review, it just makes no sense. Anyway, but, but when it comes to podcasts, yes. If you don't like today's episode, I mean, give us an overall rating. Like, listen to more than one <laughs> episode. But yeah. anyway, all right, I'm gonna grab one. So uh, let's see here. This comes from potential future bonus mom. Okay. Everyone needs to listen. Not your kiss has easily become one of my new favorite podcasts. Lori and David are hilarious. And they are so knowledgeable about a plethora of topics related to step families, parenting, communication, not showing opposite, obviously, high conflict people and situations, and the court system, to name a few. This podcast has helped me so much already. I'm in a relationship with someone with a young child, so I want to learn all I can before we take the next step of marriage. Listening to a variety of people's unique stories are so helpful because I'm learning what works and what doesn't. And it will help me be more prepared when I get to that point. Thank you, Lori and David, for the work that you're doing. You are truly helping so many people. And I hope you continue to do this for a long time. Oh, thank you, whoever you are. That's sweet. She's future bonus mom. Potential future bonus mom. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that it's helping her and that she enjoys you being stupid. And (laughs) So she's PFBM. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we love acronyms. Potential future by a mom. 
Yeah, that's what we'll do a course on PFBMs. <laughs> oh Lord, high conflict PFBMs. <laughs> don't Does be it say a mom or stepmom. It's a bonus mom. Oh, okay. It's a potential. Yeah, don't don't mess mom. me up now with my little acronym things. <laughs> yeah, BM is bio mom, David. Well, I know, but this bonus mom here. Okay. Anyway, we've got some others, and, and maybe we'll grab another one next week. And um, we, we've tried to do this every so often is just throw out some of the ones that people uh, leave. And we've even read some that people don't like us, and we'll read those too. But, you know, we hope you don't leave one unless you like us. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that don't like us. I know. Fortunately, they don't all leave uh, reviews. <laughs> no, they just leave Facebook messages and send me hate mail. But that's okay. Because <laughs> you know what? I had pretty tough skin to begin with. But now I'm just like a crocodile. I know, y'all. You ought to be in the bed with her trying to rub your leg up against her. It's so <laughs> rough, man. I tell you what. It's like cut you wide open. <laughs> I'm going to cut you wide open. <laughs> for sure. With your ashy feet. Anyway. <laughs> crocodile legs. <laughs> no, I really did think that I had tough skin because I worked in supply chain. In manufacturing for many years, mm-hmm. and you cannot be sensitive, especially when you work around a bunch of men, I would say. And so I thought I had pretty tough skin. But sometimes, with this being my baby, because this is like my baby after Jackson, it it hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get over that and think to myself, okay. These people may not understand it. They may not need it right now. They may not ever need it. And that's great. And they chose to send me hate mail. And I'm glad they got that off their chest. But I'm not <laughs> responding. <laughs> yeah. I'm not showing you. <laughs> not showing your hateful mail. Yeah. Well, there's many ways uh, to do your blend, just like there's many ways in a in a nuclear family. So as long as people are looking for solutions to their problems, whether they find it here or elsewhere, I'm just glad they're searching. Yep. All right. Enough of that mess. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. Our guest today is an anonymous stepmom in Arizona. She has been blending for seven years. Stepdaughter eight, stepson 11, stepdaughter 13. And they have them 50-50. One thing I need to add that is not discussed in the podcast is she talks about bio mom. And she said that she talked about bio mom in a good favor, but she wants people to understand that bio mom is like Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Depending on if she is getting her way or not. Most people are like that. Yeah, I started to say the same thing, but I just didn't. <laughs> You're not talking about me, are you, David? Um, can I plead the fifth? No. Why not? You can say no, honey. But that would be lying. That is not true. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting my way, so I am hide right now, I guess. Or is it Jekyll? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say... Most people aren't happy when they're not getting what they want. And that can be seen from toddlers to pets. But should you be happy when you're not getting what you want? But there's a difference in how you react to it or respond. 
No, I get it. But to say somebody's not happy when they don't get their way, have you ever met anybody who is happy when they don't get their way? Well, there's a difference in being happy and not being happy versus Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. So she's saying when bio mom is not getting what she wants, she is Hyde. I guess. Is Hyde the bad one? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> Hang on why David looks that up. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Every time you say blah, I think of the Transylvania movies. Yes, Hyde, Hyde is the bad guy. Yeah. Because he hides his evilness. That's not, yeah. But anyway, (laughs) here's the, okay. So if Dr. Jekyll turns into Hyde, it's it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? So if Dr. Jekyll is turning into Hyde, why is he not Dr. Hyde? He loses his doctor thing. So his other personality didn't go to school. Oh, Gosh, David. That makes sense. I'm kidding, y'all. I don't even know anything about it. So I would be Dr. I would be Dr. Jekyll and you would be Mr. Hyde. Silence is golden. Is that how that works? No. Are you sure? I am sure. It sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you not getting your way? Uh, You're just being me, you're butt pushing. (laughs) Look at you, pig snorting. The hardest part of this anonymous stepmom blending was feeling like she doesn't belong or feeling a lack of control in her own life slash home. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really like living with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't either. I thought about that a minute ago. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> Long pregnant pause. <laughs> Long pregnant pause? Have you never heard that? No. Okay, you can look it up later. Okay. Best advice? It can look however you want it to look. You can make your own rules slash expectations for step family life. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Create your own reality. <laughs> but, and I'm going to say this, and I'll say it a million times. Don't discipline those stepkids or tell them to do chores and tell me you are nachoing. <laughs> People don't do that, do they? Yes. Well, I nacho differently. I tell them to do chores or I take their iPad away. You ain't nachoing. <laughs> you not nachoing. <laughs> you not nachoing. You not nachoing. Yeah. That, that, well, that'll take me down the whole path, but... Yeah, let's thing, not do that now. The thing that drives me crazy is... I do it differently. Well, if there's one way to do something that's a proven process, you doing it differently means it's not the process. Right. So you're not doing it differently. You're doing something different. Right. Exactly. Likely. Yep. Okay. So you do, a, you do a macho <laughs> kids. <laughs> <laughs> you doing something. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing something. All right. Something unique about her blend, she has developed a mother-daughter relationship with one of her stepkids. Oh. Like, she loves this stepkid. 
Well, good. And we talk about the difference between loving your bio kid and your step kid. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like that she loves this child as her bio kid. Some people can do it. Right. Some people can't. Mm -hmm. But you can see the difference or hear the difference when she talks about this child versus the other stepkids. Very interesting. Yep. All right. So the announcement I have to make, people, when you hear this, the next day is David's birthday. Oh, what? Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. That's not how it goes. Happy birthday to you. That's not how it goes either. Oh, you going to do the Fred Flintstone version again? No, that's happy anniversary. Oh. No. What's no, you gotta do you gotta do the Marilyn Monroe version. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that time I called Christy and sang happy birthday to her in like fifteen different ways. <laughs> she said, You went from Marilyn Monroe to Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> So, happy birthday, David. Thank you. Thank you very much. This sneaks up on me every year. Me too. We're recording this five days before your birthday. Mm-hmm. Six days. Mm-hmm. You told me you wanted something for your birthday. So, I'm like, great. I ordered it, and they're like, no, the something doesn't match on your credit card and your shipping address. Is that well, what it sounded? It's because I put my name for the shipping address and not... Some made-up cockamamie legal name I have. (laughs) Made-up cockamamie legal name? (laughs) And so they canceled my order. And then I tried to call, and I was on hold for like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, forget it. So So, I'm not even worth being on hold for 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't a good day. It's I, I just asked for one thing. I'll try to order it again. But it was already on back order, so you wouldn't have it for your birthday anyway. That's true. But you asked me yesterday, you was like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I've already told you. Actually, that was today that I asked you. (laughs) Okay. Well, it was yesterday in my head. See, that's the problem is blended (laughs) family days feel like three or four days. (laughs) That's what it is. I spend so much time with you, I never know. Okay. (laughs) It is. And it's even worse when you take a nap or something like that, because then (laughs) your days get mixed up even more. Not for me. Okay. That's because I'm used to taking naps. My body has adjusted. Is that what it is? Well, I didn't take a nap, so I have no excuse. Yeah. So, David, how old are you this year? Um, He's got to look at the calendar. 2023. It's 2022. 2022. You just said 2023. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm already a year ahead, so I'm 51. Ooh, Lord. Uh-huh. Over half a century old. That's right. It's like a fine wine. I heard somebody say recently, I've lived more days already than I will ever live in the future. Yep, that might be true. I don't know, though. That's a nice way of saying you closer to death than you are birth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe so. Somebody told me the other a couple of weeks ago, we were out to dinner and saw somebody from high school. They were like, man, you're getting old. <laughs> which they're a couple of years older than me. So what does that mean? But I was like, well, it's better than the alternative <laughs> because I know a lot of people didn't make it to this age. That's true. We should be thankful for aging and the gray hair and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of 
I'm definitely flaunting the gray hair. But yeah. yes, it's been it's been a wild ride, Mr. Wabbit. Fifty two years. Fifty one. Oh, 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 oh. Fifty one years. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So happy birthday, David. Thank you. But I still have that mental thing where you feel like you're more like twenty five or thirty. Yeah, till you go to paint the kitchen, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I realize how old I am. It wasn't the painting the kitchen thing that killed me. It was it was the putting the deck or, or putting the border around the deck, and we had to be underneath it, squatted down in some Indian style <laughs> for hours <laughs> trying to screw boards in, holding them with one hand and one foot and the level with the other hand, and then using your tongue to put the screw in. But that was the day after we painted the kitchen. I know. So we were a little sore from that. Yeah. Anyway, life is good. Yep. Okay. Well, David, tell all our listeners where they can get help if they are struggling in their blend or if they are getting ready to blend and they want to make sure they don't struggle. All right. So as my birthday gift to you, let me introduce (laughs) you to the Nacho Kids Academy. It's at nachokidsacademy.com. It is the place on the internet, of all the places on the internet, in the whole wide world, that you can learn how to properly nacho, lower your stress, better your blend, and create bliss within your blended family. And who knows? David might even tell you happy birthday. (laughs) That's right. I'll sing it to you, like Marilyn Monroe. Sing it, David. Happy, happy birthday, baby. Hey, that's not it. That's the no. other one. That's the that's the mama's family version. <laughs> oh well, let's get to listening, y'all. Today we have an anonymous stepmom in Arizona. Hey, anonymous stepmom in Arizona, how are you? Good. How are you doing today, Lori? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long you've been blending? Stepkids, bio kids, hours kids. So we've been blending for it's. It's been over seven years now, which seems crazy. It, it kind of, it, in some ways it dragged on, like the days drag on, right? But the seven years is, has flown by. I have three stepkids, a stepdaughter, eight, stepson, 11, and stepdaughter, 13. So I've had them since they're one, four, and six. And obviously, like every couple of years, it seems like there's just tra- transformative changes because as they change, the blend changes and my role has to change. And so I've learned to be very, very flexible. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true. Nacho taught me how to be flexible. I was trying to force everything to be the way I wanted it before. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, you are not one of those people. <laughs> well, let me tell you, though, like Nacho has, it's, I, I think it's it's transforming the blend slowly. But the first thing I noticed is that it transformed me because all of a sudden <laughs> I'm taking care of myself. And, uh, you know, so my self-care routine has has changed and I've seen my mental health change and even a physical transformation. Like last time I went to the doctor, my blood pressure was normal for the first time in almost a decade. I've lost 30 pounds this year. I'm not drinking every night anymore. Like it's just absolutely transformed my life. You are the poster child. <laughs> you are the poster child for Nacho Kids. Yeah. Well, I think it's especially having been blended for... I, uh, so long before I found Nacho, I, it's almost like you just get used to kind of feeling 
buried in it. You know, you'll get used to feeling kind of lonely and isolated. And, and that became my new norm. And, and then I actually picked up the book Step Monster and I just felt seen for the, actually my husband walks in and caught me like sobbing over it, but in a good way, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a very healing way. And I think it was the person who had recommended that book to me that also uh, mentioned your podcast. And so I started listening to it and then I decided to join the Academy and that's when things really changed for me. I am so glad. Thank you. Now, we all know that nachoing transformed my life. Yeah. Without a doubt. But it did not help me lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. I I did do other things. I made other other lifestyle changes to to do that, right? But I think the way that it's it's I think it's related to nacho in two ways. One, it freed up the time and the energy for me to focus on that aspect of myself that I wanted to improve. And two, it was the transformation it had on my mental health, like. Um, so, like I said, I, you know, I was kind of drinking a lot before. That was just my way of coping with kind of the chaos as well as kind of my feelings of of isolation, even while being surrounded by people. I just, you know, I would, as soon as I started cooking dinner around five o'clock, I'd, I'd crack open that bottle of wine. And by the time I went to bed, I was through a couple of, of bottles. <laughs> and I, when I found this, I didn't need that anymore. So immediately, you know, that's going to have an impact on on your weight. So I, yeah, I think, especially if you're drinking four yeah. bottles of wine a night. <laughs> two, two, two. Oh my god! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Girl, if I drank two glasses, I would be tore up. Yeah, which like, now that I'm not conditioned to that anymore, that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you found Nacho, mm-hmm. and you joined the academy. Yeah. And how did you see your life change? Because I can tell people all day long that it truly is a way of life for me and that my life has changed dramatically. I'm so much happier and I let go of things that I can't control outside of the blend, which lowers my stress, which makes me feel healthier. And anyway, tell us kind of how you got started and what you changed in your blend. Well, first of all, you have no bio kids. Correct. Yes. And I, I actually, I noticed that lately on the podcast, you've been talking about the term childless versus child-free and there, there totally is a difference because I, and this is one thing I noticed in the groups, like the childless stepmoms, a lot of times it, this conversation tends to center around wanting your own biological children. And, you know, maybe they have struggles with that, or maybe they're just waiting or, you know, or whatever the various mm-hmm. stories, but I wasn't really connecting with it. Because for me, being child-free was a choice and it was actually, it was something that I always wanted. And I think <laughs> taking, going like zero to 60, you know, taking on three stepkids at one, four, and six really just like reiterated, yeah, this is, <laughs> I was, I was making the right choice. So for me, being like child-free by choice is just a different conversation than, than childless, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It makes perfect yeah. sense. I just have to remember yeah. which is which. <laughs> <laughs> Child-free, you have the freedom you chose not to have kids. There we go. That's how I'm going to remember that. Yes, exactly. So, and I think, you know what, that right there really kind of encapsulates how my life transformed because for me coming in, I I did feel like, okay, I have to step in and be super stepmom and raise these kids. And to be fair, in in the beginning years, their biological mom wasn't really very present sometimes that meant she wasn't physically present, you know, wasn't showing up for her time that was scheduled, was kind of dumping them off whenever she could. 
but also just kind of not very mentally present, not very invested in in their education, doing things like, oh, I was too hungover to take first grader to school today, so I just didn't, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they needed that. And and my husband um, needed help. And, and it worked for us at first because she wasn't paying attention. So there wasn't resistance to my role on that end. Mm-hmm. My husband was very supportive of it, you know, right off the bat you know, you need to listen to her. And, you know, she is a parental role in your life. And, you know, so he he did grant me that authority that I think a lot of step parents don't necessarily get. And they welcomed it. They wanted it and they needed it. And they were just babies and they, and they were craving it. So for a few years, it really did work, I guess, to just step into a mom role. And it took me a long time to accept that that wasn't just because I came in and was so great. It was because the circumstances were such that that worked for a while. Mm -hmm. But when the circumstances changed, I really didn't have control over it. And that role wasn't working anymore. And I was just slowly sinking into this, this kind of pit of misery and this frustration and, you know, feeling like I had a lack of control over my life. But when I found Nacho it just, it let me kind of reframe the way I was looking at it. And it helped me remember, actually, I am child-free and all these obligations that I think that I have, they're actually a choice. And this is where I was able to take control of my life back because I went, okay, yeah, I can't control the circumstances. I can't control how they see me and what they want from me and what they'll accept. But by letting go of the need to be the mom in this picture, I got control of my own life back. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I felt like I had lost who I was. Yes. I wasn't Lori anymore. I was this, I don't even know how to describe it. I was the collection of everybody else's demands. (laughs) That is the perfect way to put it. (laughs) That is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. And so when I say that it was freeing, when I had that epiphany of these are not my kids or not your kids, yeah, it felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, it did. And it's not because I didn't care about those kids. Right. Because I still cared. Right. And I do, I do too. One thing I, I realized too, and you know, one kind of funny thing about it is, is that, you know, I have three of them, but my relationship with, with one of them, with the youngest is very special. And I'm really glad you had that training video on like, can you not show one kid and not the other? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, actually you can. And thank goodness, because I really developed a bond with the youngest one and keep in mind, she was a baby when I, when I got them. So it, I think part of it is it just developed differently with her because, because she was a baby and when they're little and, and helpless and just, I don't know, I, it's almost like you fall in love with them in a way. as yes. a So I, and I was talking about this with my husband the other day, actually, where, you know, we were kind of talking about your love for a biological child versus a stepchild, et cetera, and how it's different. And I kind of said, I think I've, I've developed something similar with the youngest though. I'm, I'm like, sometimes I look at her and you know, she'll do something, maybe a mannerism that's uniquely her. Or she'll just be talking about nothing. She does that a lot. She says everything that, that runs through her brain. <laughs> and I'm just over, just flooded with feeling. She hasn't done anything. I'm just looking at her and you're just overwhelmed with, with love and this desire to protect her from everything. And, and it's, it, yeah. it just floors you. You can't even, 
there's nothing else that compares to it. And I'm like, is that it? Is that the feeling, honey? And he's like, yeah, that's the feeling. That's it. And so it's funny, some of your, even though I, I don't have any biological children of my own, some of your training things in some of the forums on dealing with having kind of different sets of rules and, you know, a mix in the house have actually helped me understand this a little bit better. And it helped me realize that I actually was treating her differently and I didn't realize it. So, you know, for example, the others will complain like, oh, you, you know, you favor her and you believe her over us and, and da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? Like I discipline her all the time because I don't need to not show that. And I don't with them. So how can you be thinking she's the favorite? Uh-huh. But but one thing I, I sort of figured out was when there is something to address, something to discipline, when it's one of the older two doing it, I think I see it like most step-parents do where you're just seeing the behavior. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the youngest, I see the behavior, but I also see her intent. I see her whole heart. I see who she is. And so it's like softened, mm-hmm. like the lenses sort of soften. So so I, I don't know, some, some of those things that you, you talk about actually kind of helped me and it helped me adjust a little, a little bit. Because you do see her as your kid. Yeah. And, and in turn, she sees me as hers. You know, we, we kind of do everything together. She likes to do a lot of the same things. She just kind of follows me everywhere. We go hiking, go to yoga together, we do whatever. And when we have these quiet moments together, she'll tell me, you know, mom, she calls me mom. So I, you know, I, she'll tell me I'm her favorite parent and, and she'll, you know, she's, she's said, she's starting to think about this a little more deeply now that she's getting older. And she's like, I don't understand because I feel like you're my parents. I feel like you're my mom. And I, uh, I don't understand how I can feel that way when everyone's saying that's not the truth. And I'm like, you know, baby, I feel the same way. And maybe that's just something we keep between us. I don't really know what else to say to that. That's perfect though. Thanks. (laughs) I love this. And a lot of times we talk about when the stepmom will say, I love them like my own. Yeah. I tried to with all of them, but you can't force it. (laughs) Right. But you didn't, you don't have your own Mm -hmm. to compare what it is like to have your own. But I'm going to tell you the closest thing to that is how you feel about this little girl. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured. (laughs) Yeah. So I do feel like I can say, oh, you love her like you would your bio kid. There's no way to know. I don't have one. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But that's how we see this. And a lot of people think that they love that kid the same, but they don't. Mm -hmm. You know the difference. Because I bet you those other people have three other stepkids that they're saying they love them all the same and they don't. Yeah. I don't know that you can love people the same. You can't. I like to think about it as you know, love is a choice or an action, which is one thing versus love is a feeling. And you really can't force the second one. But when I say I love them as a choice or as an action, I mean that I care for them and I provide a safe, secure, loving environment that I, you know what I mean? And and you can choose to, I think, give somebody love in that way, but that's not the same thing as is really loving them or love is a feeling. That's, that's how I kind of try to look at it. Right. Do your other stepkids call you mom? 
They do. I think it's just habitual. When they were little, uh, they wanted to. And, and I loved it. And that was fine. And sometimes I wonder, like, what do they think of it now? But it's so habitual for so long that I don't think anyone gives it thought. I did notice that the 13-year-old has started referring to me by my first name when she's talking to other people. Mm-hmm. But when she's in the home and speaking to me directly, she, yeah, she still will do that. How often do y'all have the state kids? We have them 50-50 and it's on that 5-2-2-5 schedule. So we always have two weekdays. She always has two weekdays. And then the weekends will include Friday. So you get that three-day chunk along with your two every other week. So it ends up being 5-2-2-5. And, and for the last few years, it's pretty much been abided by. Like I said in the beginning, it kind of got thrown on us at the last minute a lot. And and we really probably ended up having them more like 70% of the time. But for the last few years now, it's been pretty steady. And that's when things changed for me as well, where when she kind of started showing up for them and 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 being a mom again, then they, I kind of started getting rejected, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we were having these issues where they weren't listening to me the same way they were to my husband and like all these, all these step parent, all these step family issues that I hadn't dealt with before. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that was very difficult. It was very isolating for a while, but now that I've found Nacho and have the tools to settle into a new role, I'm like, oh, this is actually really freeing because before I was still really stressed. They were just different problems. They were maybe more like a traditional, like overwhelmed mom mm-hmm. problems. And then add on top of that, that it wasn't a lifestyle that I really had wanted. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably good, I think, in the long run that it came full circle this way. How long ago was it that bio mom came back into the picture? Yeah, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because it seems like it was it was gradual. But I want to say about three years ago. She got she got married to somebody who also had kids and then just uh, kind of yep. adopted his lifestyle and was very stable for a while. And then and then she got divorced again recently. So now I'm starting to see some of those things change again. And I honestly don't know what it's going to be like going forward. But thank God it's not like that uncertainty is not consuming me anymore because I have tools now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. What did your husband think when you started not showing? <laughs> did you come home one day and say, I'm about to nacho? Pretty much. Uh, you know, I'd been listening to the podcast for, I don't know how long, it was probably a couple of weeks, but I was doing it all day long. Like I was literally walking around the house with headphones in my ear and nobody could talk to me for a couple of weeks. So it feels like it was longer. Mm-hmm. So he was already getting a little sense for it because I was, you know, telling some of these stories that I heard. And and I was also sharing with him like how I felt seen and how, where I found parallels with my own experience. And, and he was very open to that. But when I started the academy and was like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And now you're responsible for taking them to school and picking them up and getting them to all their extracurricular. And And I I said, you know, give me a break. And then as I ease back in, I, you know, I'd like you to ask me for my help. I wouldn't like these things to be expected of me anymore. That was a huge shift. And he was definitely very resistant to it. But at the same time, he, he's a very good husband. He, you know, he listens and he tries to understand and he wants to do whatever he can for me to, to enable my, you know, my happiness. And he, he wants everybody to be happy in the situation. So we kind of came to an agreement, like, 
let's try it for 30 days. Why not? And he's like, okay, fine. And then it was like, things have already gotten better, like a lot better. And look how happy I am. And like, you know, and, and so, yeah, I still can't totally get them on board with the philosophy behind it, but you know what? I finally decided to just nacho my need for him to totally understand because you know what? He's doing it and he's supporting me. So that's enough. Yes. Girl, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm loving this podcast. <laughs> Good. It's like, you get it. You get it. Well, I, you know, I this is how I a- approach everything. Like if I decide I'm going to do it, I just throw myself in 150%. Percent. I, I don't know any other way to do things, which I guess you can tell from the way I started off stepmomming. But, and that's funny because he even said that he's like, can we just like not show light a little bit? Like you, you throw yourself in a hundred percent to everything. Like, do we have to? I'm like, you know me, right? <laughs> yes, I do have yeah. to. <laughs> and it's funny because that's one of those things he probably loves about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until it has a negative impact on him. <laughs> right. And then it's one of those things he hates about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what though? I'll tell you this, even, even though, like I said, with the youngest, I don't have to nacho her. Like by default, it has changed a little bit just because I'm physically doing less of the things and she is with the other three, you know, I'm not taking them to school anymore. I'm not, et cetera. And it has enabled her to get closer to him, to her father, which is another really nice side effects that he's excited about. So he's seen a lot of the, the benefits. I wouldn't say he's really resistant to it anymore, it, but it took time. Did she get offended or ask questions? Why aren't you taking us to school or? No, believe it or not. No, they, I think that the oldest one noticed, but she didn't, she hasn't said anything. It was funny though, that taking him to school was such a thing because I'm very like, so I was in the military and um, that was kind of very suited to my personality in a lot of ways, speaking of it because I'm super type A. So I'm like very rigid in the morning. Like you are going to get up at this time, the first time I ask, and you're going to put on your shoes before you eat breakfast. And then did it. And let me tell you, it, it did work when I was the only one doing it because it was the same routine every day. And it, it, it was pretty effective and we got out the door on time. But when they're going to another house and the routine's different. And sometimes dad takes them to school and that's different or whatever. Like it, it fell apart. And then it became everything I'm asking them to do is a fight every morning. We would end up frustrated. Then they'd be fighting in the car on the way to school. And I'm like, this is miserable. I'm starting off my every day in misery. So when I was like, wait, I don't, I'm not obligated to take them to school. Like, so I, I, I said, I'm, I'm not doing it unless they're, they're ready to walk out the door on time. Well, he started taking them to school every morning. But what happened is with the routine changing, they were walking out late a lot. And my stepson does not like to be late, which is interesting because he's the one who's kind of the most problematic for me. And he was causing a lot of my frustration in the mornings. Mm -hmm. But after a few weeks of this, he didn't like the new routine. And he started asking me to take them to school. Oh, really? Yes. So he would ask, mama, can you just take us to school this morning? Well, that was a very different ask. And it was a very different experience because now they're doing everything they're supposed to do because they want me to take them instead of resisting because I'm telling them to do it. So it, so eventually I started doing it for them on occasion, but only if asked and if they were ready and then everybody was pleasant and it was fine and I didn't mind doing it. So just by changing that approach, we ended up back where I'm taking them to school sometimes, 
but the whole experience was completely different. Right. And I say this to stepkids, once they realize that I didn't have to get their favorite cereal, I didn't have to make sure that they had cereal. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to do certain things for them that I was doing. It made them appreciate me. Yep. And I say this all the time, and I'm going to get a shirt with it, that says, expectations negate appreciation. Yes, they're the death of appreciation. Yep. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do it too. Right. I was going to say, I think a lot of parents feel that way, you know, definitely unappreciated. And gosh, I so much, so many times in the last seven years, I found myself sounding like my mom and like, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm becoming my mother, but now I get it. But then being a step parent, add on top of that, not getting recognition at all for it, you know, which is not necessarily the, the case, but you're not getting the same recognition. Sometimes it felt like I would put so much work in and bio mom who was doing nothing would get the credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, it's, it's like add that on top to so multiply it when it's coming from a step parent perspective. And yes, yeah, so that was, yeah, definitely not. It, first, it made me realize I didn't have to do these things that it mm-hmm. might be expected of me, but I created that expectation myself. And then what followed was them realizing that too. So I definitely feel more appreciated. It's funny. I feel more appreciated even though I'm doing less now. Yes. You're doing great because you took what was in there and it just clicked with you. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It was it was hard at first. It was a huge mindset shift. But And that's what it is. That's that's why when people ask me what it is, and I say it's more than disengaging. Mm -hmm. It's being more self-aware, changing your perspective, learning to let go of things you can't control. There's so much more to it. And it is. It's a mind shift. It is. And for me, fully making that mindset shift was the only way it was going to work. Otherwise, you're just trying to use tools you don't understand and don't believe in, and it's not going to be effective in the long term. Right. So your husband wasn't a fan of it because he had a bunch of stuff put on his plate. Yes. But you know what? He's handling it beautifully. In fact, yesterday, or it was maybe like two or three days ago now, but he... Kids are home for the summer now, right? They're uh, out of school. So they are home all day when they're on our time. He also runs a business. Actually, he runs two businesses. His office is here in the house. There's no door on it. He had people coming and going, employees coming and going. The kids are, you know, da da da. I I also have an office at my employer that I I can use. In fact, when I, I took this new job in the right in the middle of COVID, it was at the very beginning of 2020. And they allow everybody to do it completely remotely. But one of the things I asked for when we were negotiating salary, et cetera, was I want an office in the city. And they gave me one. And so when the kids are home, I just go there. And so I can focus on my work all day and I don't have to worry about whatever's going on here. But when I came home, I just, I was listening to his day and just the chaos and how much he had. But I said something to him. I complimented him. I'm like, look at you handling three kids and feeding them and the employees and work. And, and he goes, you mean the thing that all the women have been doing for centuries? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you get it. <laughs> yep. And it's not easy. It's an adjustment for everybody. It's not it like is. you woke up one day and everything changed. It was a process. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we talk about being fair in the blend. Yeah. And 
we say you can't be fair. You can try all day long, but it's going to drive you crazy because you cannot be fair. Kids are different. They're different personalities. You treat them differently. They respond to things differently. Yeah. So how do you nacho one, I mean, nacho two stepkids, but not one, and it be quote, quote, fair? That's a great question. I guess the short answer is it's it's not fair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it works. So who cares? So one thing, when people use the word fair around here, I tell them, Look, fair doesn't mean everybody gets the same thing. Fair means everybody gets what they deserve. And even that doesn't happen in real life. So just forget it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm trying to reframe their perception of of fair. What that ends up looking like here, it's kind of funny. It did did take a little bit of adjustment. Um, And this was happening even before Nacho, because I was getting so frustrated with the older two and feeling like I wasn't being listened to, that it would become... At the end of the day, I'm just telling stepdaughter eight to go brush her teeth and get ready for bed and do this and that. And, oh, you talked back here. Here's your consequences. And she one time asked, she's like, how come I have to follow the rules and the other two don't? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like I, I mean, I just drew a total blank. Like, I don't know how to answer her. Yeah. Cause you couldn't say, because I'm your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't. So what I chose to do was I I didn't, I kind of skirted the question really. I didn't answer the second part. I didn't answer why the other two don't. I just answered the why do I have to? And I just told her, I care about you and your long-term health and the habits that you develop as a child that will carry into adulthood. So trust me, it's not fun for me to be standing over you, reminding you brush your teeth, eat or whatever, whatever it was that we were talking about at the time, or or trying to force you to eat, eat healthy or you know, whatever. So, but I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for you. And she actually understands that. She's kind of an unusual child. And so that worked. And now when I she goes to get, you know, chips or candy or something out of the pantry and I'm like, oh, apple first or go grab a string cheese or, you know, whatever. She's like, oh, right, because you want me to be healthy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like you see why you it's, she's easy to love. <laughs> and, and you're saying, yeah, like the other ones, I don't care what they eat. <laughs> and it's not no. that you don't care. <laughs> now, this is going to be perfect. I do. And I wish I could, but, but I'm not going to get that response from them. Right. And it's not yeah. that you don't care what the other kids eat. Yeah. But she's receptive. Yes. Bingo. Bingo. And, and I think, and that's the case, even when it's, she doesn't necessarily react that way all the time to everything I say. You know, if she is throwing a fit, just having a meltdown about something. And I'm, you know, trying to discipline her or whatever. She, she sometimes will, will be nasty too, but it, it's just different with her. Even if we're fighting, it doesn't bother me. I don't mind it. I don't worry about our long-term relationship. I think it's just, there's this sense of security there that goes both ways. She knows I love her no matter what. I know she, she loves me no matter what. That's what I don't have with the other two that, I know they love me no matter what, that I'm not going to damage my relationship with her by, you know, yelling at her, putting her in trouble or, you know, whatever. Right. So I have the freedom to raise her basically as my own. I have the freedom to take the negative with the positive. And I, I really, and I, I do try to remember like, Hey, this could change you don't know how it might transform. So don't count on this too much and then be devastated if it changes. I remind myself of that. But for now and for the last seven years, I just, yeah, I haven't needed to nacho that one in any way. So 
I don't, and it's working so far. <laughs> and if it works, leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't try to fix it if it's not broken. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you have a relationship with Bio Mom at all? Um <laughs> yeah, that's a tough <laughs> question to answer. Uh, like, I guess I guess it depends how you define relationship. I think she thinks we have one. I think she thinks we're friends. I know she is not my friend. I, you know, we we have moments that are nice, and I'll let myself experience the feeling like, you know, this is nice. Like, you know, for example, I initially was the one who got them into extracurricular activities. They didn't do it before, and so for a long time, especially when she wasn't involved, a lot of the teachers and coaches and stuff didn't know who she was. And now she's very involved and they do. And I've even handed some of that stuff over to her. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yes. But a lot of times they do have like they'll have forms you fill out. They'll have, you know, emergency contact numbers. They'll have, you know, accounts mm-hmm. so that you can see the schedule. And I do continue to manage the schedule for the entire family. But if it's kids stuff, like my husband knows he's doing the rides, he's doing, et cetera. But because I manage the schedule, a lot of times it's me on the account. And so she'll make, she'll make jokes about how people think we're like the lesbian couple or something because, <laughs> because it's always us that like the two moms there or whatever. And so we have nice moments like that where we kind of, of connect and sometimes we'll kind of like, she's recognized before. There was one time when she called me on mother's day to say happy mother's day. And, and she said something about like, I know that a lot of elements of their personality and the things that they value came from you. And I appreciate that. And, and she can say that. And so I enjoy those moments, but I also know that as soon as she isn't getting her way on something, mm-hmm. she will undermine me. She will manipulate. She will say nasty things about me to them. She And she thinks that people don't notice. She thinks nobody's telling us. So I do know not to trust that. So from my perspective, there are certain boundaries that I don't want to cross. I'm not going to go hang out with her. I'm not going to. And she eventually learned to stop trying to push that and trying to ask because I know that I cannot trust her. I know what she's kind of really like. And so I I do set a boundary there. So yes, we have a relationship, but I would call it a working relationship. And more and more, I've been considering like not showing that too, because when she does decide, oh, I'm going to get ugly. Well, it's very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just never know. You never know what you're going to get with her. And sometimes when my phone goes off with a text message unexpectedly, I feel a little twinge of stress wondering if it's her. And it's like, hmm, maybe it's time to hand that over to a husband too. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I cannot tell you how happy I am for you. Thank you. I I am too. People in my life have told me like, you just seem like a different person, just freer and lighter. And I'm like, well, I, I actually am physically lighter. So that's true. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, just, just mentally and emotionally too. I'm starting to feel like myself again. And it's given me the yes. space to, to refocus on my career, which is so important to me. And it's how I, it's one of the ways in which I, you know, defined myself before this. And, and so it's just feel, felt really good to step back into my own skin again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, there I am. Yeah. I like me. <laughs> yes. The yes. other person wasn't me and I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When you like yourself, other people start liking you better again too. And, you know, honestly, it's it's also let me envision a new role for myself, a different type of stepmom. Because I think without trying to, to force that role anymore, 
I, in some ways I have even more influence because they see the person that I am and they see the things that I value and they're watching and they're listening and they're adopting some of those traits too. And so I'm almost influencing them in a more powerful and lasting way than when I was in there trying to make sure they brush their teeth and eat healthy and go to bed on time and all the other little day-to-day things that I thought I needed to do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You are basically telling my story of how I felt with all this. Yeah, definitely connected to a lot of the things that you say. (laughs) Yes. So how did we talk about this a lot too? People will say, well, I feel guilty for not joining because I'm putting all this responsibility on my spouse or my significant other and they're stressed and it bothers me. Did you ever feel guilty about it? Yes. And how did you overcome that? And I know it's kind of like earlier we were talking about that your significant other may not understand it completely, but that's okay. Nacho, that part. Yeah, right. And I think that's part of the reason I wanted him to understand so badly was because I was like, that'll alleviate my guilt. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. But I think... First of all, it just, it, it took time. And like you said, it's an adjustment for everybody. So now that he's settled more into his role, I think he's less stressed about it because he's basically redeveloping routines again. And I, you know, I think in some ways it's, it's, he has more conflict with the kids sometimes because I'm not there as a buffer anymore. Now he has to be the bad guy. But I think it's also kind of brought them closer at the same time, you know? He's more engaged all the time with them because he he has taken all that that stuff over and taken that that role on. So those those are good things. So I look at that and that helps alleviate that sort of feeling of guilt. But the other thing I did too was I'm like, okay, I have this mental, emotional, and physical space again. Now I can find other ways to support him and to put effort into my marriage that don't involve the kids. So I help him more with the business than I did before, mm-hmm. you know, and I just do little things for him. Like, you know, I can tell he's stressed at the end of the day. I rub his head for him because he's got a headache or I, you know, just little things like that. Whereas before I would have been so depleted. I would just be like, you know, leave me alone. Now I can focus my attention on him and supporting him specifically, not supporting him through doing things for the kids. If, if that makes sense. Right. Because with me, that focus went back to my son and my marriage. Because there were parts of both that were consumed with stepkid crap. Yes. And that's what I'm going to call it, stepkid crap. The stepkid crap. Yes, I know what you mean. And, you know, for me, it's been very fulfilling. For me, I could put that energy back into myself Mm -hmm. and to my marriage. And, you know, my husband and I, before we got married, actually kind of had a a conversation. And this was something that was really important to me. and, And I let it let it be known. I, I said, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm stepping into this, this role and into this family and I am going to make your kids a priority and care for them, et cetera. And I said, but it's also very important to me. This was something that my parents taught me. And it turns out it was something his parents had taught him too, that the marriage still comes first, that the marriage is the bedrock of this, this family. And we have to make it a priority and we have to take care of each other and make sure that we're getting, you know, whatever it is we need, the, the date mm-hmm. nights, you know, it's little things like not letting the kids interrupt if 
he and I are speaking, like just little day-to-day things, uh, you know, making sure that we're reaching out and giving each other, you know, uh, even just a physical acknowledgement, a hand on the waist, uh, you know, a hello in the morning and go, you know, we go to bed at the same time, just whatever it is for different people, it can be different, but little ways that we show both each other and the kids that our, our marriage is a priority. I know that a lot of times people will say, my kids come first or my marriage comes yeah. first. Yeah. I mean, it's about balance, right? You're not that right. neglecting the other one. Right. And it's not a competition. There's not a no. ranking order. There's different responsibilities in each relationship you have in a family. I think that's true. And I think the reason I had this conversation with them, though, was because I do see how easy it is. Like kids will let you know what their demands and their needs are. <laughs> they will consume you if you let them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it takes more of a deliberate effort to put that same sort of energy into your marriage. And I wanted to make sure that he was on the same page where that was going to be a priority. And I, you know, and and we were. That was actually one thing I worried about with Nacho at first. Like, okay, this is this agreement we made that we were both going to play this play this role, that I was going to step in and care for the kids and, and da, 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 da. But also, is that tied to, you know, put it, making our marriage the bedrock? And whatever? But you know what? It, it hasn't. If anything, it's brought us closer and it's actually allowed me to put more time and effort into my marriage and things have only gotten better. Yes. Yeah. Would you say that... Before Bio Mom came back into the picture, mm-hmm. were you feeling any type of resentment and things then for being the super stepmom? Yes. I was going to say, did things change mainly because she came back in the picture and that just seemed to kind of shift the dynamics, but you were already Both. feeling stressed. I was already feeling stressed. I think before it was harder to figure out what which of these resentments and stressors or whatever have something to do with being a step parent and which ones are just, this is how it feels to be a mom. Like, you know, it mm-hmm. was harder to, to separate and to even figure out which was which. And I think a lot of it was just stressors that came with being overwhelmed with three kids and a lot of priorities and a lot going on and, and getting kind of lost in it, which happens to a lot of parents and moms, especially. But I think her becoming, and I shouldn't say like, it's not really coming back into the picture. She was always in the picture. She just wasn't as involved. Right. Yeah. Before I think that happening and the way in which it shifted the dynamics in our home and my role and the kid's attitude and all of that, that's where it hit a breaking point because it was, I I, I don't know. It started, it just, it just felt like my life was spinning out of control and there was nothing I could do about it because frankly, there wasn't, I had no control Over it. There was a a line I read in that Step Monster book, which I cannot recommend enough to anybody. (laughs) I'm going to read it again, actually. (laughs) But there was a line in there that was talking about stepmoms coming in and and trying to be this or that to their stepkids. And a lot of times their husbands have expectations on them and other people have expectations on them. And what other people don't realize is that the stepmom herself is actually the person in the picture that has the least control over what her role is going to be. Yes. And that was really hard to accept for me. Really, really hard. That was the biggest hump. But once I got over it, I could I could change everything. <laughs> and and it's almost by like letting go of 
control of that thing that wasn't in. I just listened to your hula hoop podcast the other day, letting go of control of the thing that wasn't in my hula hoop. I got control back of the things that were. Right. Yeah. And it makes such a tremendous difference. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I had no control. A lot of the stepmoms listening to this, I know they're saying the same thing. That's how I feel. I don't have control. Yeah. I can't control anything because I can't control when bio mom dumps the kids on us. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't control that my husband wants their kids and I don't during those Mm -hmm. extra times that bio mom didn't get the kid. And I can't control this kid leaving messes in my house and I can't control. I mean, it is. There's the only thing you can control is yourself and how you let the things you can't control affect you. Yeah. And I think you can't understand that until you get to a point where you're experiencing it. Yes. But, you know, I also like to explain it by like, okay, I, uh, yeah, I can't control this schedule change. I can't control how, you know, whatever. But, but once you let go of the idea that you're obligated to do anything about it, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, then I can go to happy hour with my friend or I can, you know, lock myself in my room and watch whatever TV show or I read a book or I, I can go swimming. I could do. Now you get your freedom back though. And suddenly you feel in control of your life again, because you're back in control of yourself. Your husband might be obligated. Right. You know, he, he, in some ways he's got less control than you do. He just has control over different areas, I think. Well, and the question is too, with you doing these things and not being as present, has your husband said, I just don't feel like you're ever home anymore. You're not with us doing things, anything nope. like that. No, not at all. Actually, I'm surprised. I thought I thought that he would. But the other thing is too, I am no longer as averse to doing things with them because I don't feel like it's going to be so stressful anymore. Right. So I do. So like you know, last weekend we went up to we have a little cabin in the mountains, and we we went up, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go. Sometimes I don't. And then usually the youngest one wants to stay with me, <laughs> which is fine. So, you know. So yeah, you don't care. Do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't care. You prefer don't that, care. don't you? Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to go to yoga. We're going to watch this movie. We're going to go swimming. We're going to go hiking. We're gonna do all, all these things. We just like hanging out together. But, but and it's good that I have, have time with all of them. And one of the things I noticed actually is that when I have one-on-one time with them, I like them a lot better. So I'm doing more of that now. And again, now that I'm not, don't feel like I'm obligated to cook dinner and get everybody to their stuff and have them in bed on time for the next day. I'm like, Hey, stepson who, you know, normally is driving me crazy. Do you want to go see this movie with me? Cause I know it's one he'll be into. He's like, yeah. And then we actually have fun and we actually form a relationship that had, you know, over the last few years had pretty much been destroyed and we're reforming that now. So it's, I don't know, just it's, the same thing, letting go of control of all these other areas gave it back in a smaller number of things, but things that are way more important. Right. And you only not to the things that cause you stress. So mm-hmm. cooking dinner causes you stress. Taking the kid to the movie does not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and a lot of people feel like it has to be all or nothing. And that's not the case. Yeah, it is all yeah. or nothing. It's get rid of all the stress. Yeah, that's true. And don't do nothing that you don't want to do. Yep. Yep. That's, that's pretty much it. And actually it's funny though, because, and this is something that I thought about because I'm like, so we're, 
this is kind of funny. I, I told you about this in the last coaching call, actually, that I take the kids on vacation by myself. Right. <laughs> and you were like, oh. <laughs> I think everybody, there's a collective gasp. I heard it all over the world. <laughs> I, it, vacations as a family sometimes I find stressful for a number of reasons, but taking them on my own, I actually really don't. And I like that, again, travel is a very deeply held value of mine and something that's been passed down through my family. And now I'm passing it down to them. And that that's really cool. And it feels really good. And I like seeing that they love it too. So, so I like doing that. But also, I think with my husband out of the picture, there's just less attempts to kind of triangulate us or, or me feeling like, I'm not being listened to or whatever, because A, whatever the answer is, is the answer. I'm the only adult there to go to. Right. Because otherwise, like you said the other night, they would go to him and he would give in. Yeah. Sometimes. If he knows that I've already given an answer, he does support me. But most of the time they've figured out how to phrase things in a way that they can. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But I, you know, I find it less stressful to just take them by myself because that's not happening. And plus this, this, um, but so we've been on like, I don't know, probably four or five vacations, just me and the kids at this point, but this is the first post nacho one I'll be doing. So I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) Well, if it's your first post nachoing vacation, it ought to be absolutely amazing. (laughs) This one we're going on with my entire family. Like I have five siblings and they all have multiple kids. And we're also going to a reunion that is my like my extended family too. So my mother's side of the family. There's there's just gonna be probably a hundred people there. Oh my and, gosh. I mean, these kids have been in our family too. You gotta realize since they were one, four, and six. So these are 100 just a hundred people. Hang on, back up. <laughs> Yeah. Let me put it this way. I have a big Catholic Irish family. Let's see. Um, so I have five siblings or there are five of us total. I should say they're all married with kids. My dad has seven siblings, all married with kids, grandkids, and even next generation coming now too. My mother, also five siblings, all married kids. Already. So family reunions are hundreds of people. Yes. Holy so moly. I probably won't okay. even see the kids on this vacation, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, where are mine? Those are the ones that came with me, the ones I'm, I'm responsible for for now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, do you yeah. still do vacations with your husband and them? Yes, we do. I'm trying to think the last one. We do. I'll tell you this. All inclusives are worth it because that's where most of the conflict on vacation comes from is I want to buy this. I want this. I want that. Da, 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 da. I just, if you could go to an all-inclusive and they can go get as much soda at the soda bar, ice cream, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. As they want, I don't worry about it. They're worth every penny when it comes to a family vacation. The other option is vacations where, like I said, my extended family or his is there as well because they're busy. They're not they're not even bugging you, you know? Mm-hmm. So those are great. So I, I definitely, when it comes to those full family vacations, I'm choosy about what type of vacation I'm going to take. One thing we did too, that was effective recently. We did just, it was just like a three day weekend kind of vacation where we went out of town. But what I, I did was I, I went to my husband ahead of time. I said, Hey, what do you think of actually giving them money? Each of them gets $20 per day or whatever. 
but that's what they have to spend to feed themselves, to buy whatever souvenir. Like, I don't care how they spend it. We're not going to get involved, not even going to give their opinion. And then you get this double benefit of they're learning something about money, but also we've already given the money and that's the limit. And there's no constantly being asked. There's no trying to go back and forth between the two of us, like nothing. And he was totally on board. And because we made that agreement ahead of time, we were on the same page. Now, the middle one, the stepson did, here's what he tried to do. (laughs) He was very excited about this, but he's a saver. He likes to save his money. So he thought what he'd do is pocket that money, but then go to dad and be like, oh, I'm hungry. Why don't we go get some jalapeno poppers and split them? (laughs) So he was trying to find a way to get him to pay for stuff. And I did get really like tense for a minute there. And I chose to keep my mouth shut and not say anything in in front of them. But I was like, is he going to undermine this whole thing right now? And he didn't. He saw right through it. And he was like, no, I know for a fact that mom already gave you some money. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was it. Darn. But you know what? I didn't have to be the bad guy. The expectations was set in advance. We were both on the same page. And for me, that's the only way that getting involved works is if you know you're on the same page. The agreement is ahead of time. 100%. Yeah. And not because you're pressuring him to be on the same page. No, it's because we both agreed that we didn't want spending to get out of control on this vacation. So I came to him with an idea on how we might do that. And he was like, yes. Well, when the stepkids would do something like that, because I'm thinking, I can see it now. One of the stepkids would say, oh, well, I'm just not going to eat. And I'm going to go buy $20 worth of candy or spend it on something silly. Yep. And then you feel I bad and you're going to pay for their food because you want them no, to I'm not. eat. Listen to you. No, we're not. <laughs> we told them. <laughs> what if they're hungry? That We told them. Eva's <laughs> sweet stepdaughter? Yeah. Oh, God. It would be a lot harder. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I know. What you- <laughs> See? <laughs> I am See? more inclined to do that. Oh, God. Yeah. You're so right. You she would have sucked you in. No. no. Yes, she uh, would yeah, have. Probably right. <laughs> probably right. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I think if that had happened and it unfolded that way, then I would have just said, okay, lesson learned. You know, it didn't work. I won't approach it this way again. Or you would have slipped your 10 bucks and said, don't tell them I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no comment. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I know, girl. I know. Yep. And this is why I say (laughs) that I had different expectations for my stepkids with certain things than I do with my son. Yeah. I know exactly where you're going with this because once I understood the way you look at like a biological child or someone you'd see as your own differently, I started to see ways in which, okay, yes, I discipline her more. Yes, I, you know, you know, mm-hmm. but I am softer on her in some way. So for example, when they leave their socks all over the house or, you know, or whatever, and they, they leave to go to biomass for five days. I'm like, I'm not leaving these here for five days. I'll just pick them up. And then like, enraged as I'm doing it, I literally feel less angry about hers. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I, oh, let me help you. Like, oh, this yes. is just what, you know, this is just part of being a mom. This is what I do. Whereas the others, I'm like, oh, you, you entitled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, like, I'm looking at myself going, this is so illogical. You know what I started, I started doing actually just to help myself come down from that. I, um, 
you know, I'll be enraged about socks or whatever and storm around the house. And my husband will, will be like, oh, you know, all kids do this. They're good kids. And I'll, and I'll say, this is my new mantra. They are good kids. They're terrible roommates. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You said you kind of got mad when the stepkid was manipulating dad, trying to yeah. not spend his 20 bucks or whatever it was. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, pre-nacho, I would have been like, you see what he's doing, don't you? <laughs> and that's not fair to the other kids because, and go through this whole spiel, whereas after nacho, or during nacho, I guess, because I feel like I will always be nachoing in some way or another, I learned to look at it and go, that's pretty smart of you there, killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yes, impressive. Eventually, right. And eventually you get comfortable enough to say that out loud. Right. And then it's effective because it makes dad realize, and he already did. I didn't need to say anything. But if he didn't, it mm-hmm. makes him realize what he's trying to do. But you didn't do it in a way that now stepson's mad at you. He's probably laughing and he's like, man, I've been caught out. Yes. It's, yeah, you find more effective ways to have a voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of it's where it's coming from. Because when we're angry, that's not coming from a place of love. When we're frustrated, yeah. it's not. But yeah. when you see little Johnny sitting there pulling one over her own dad or trying to, and you can go, I see you, boy. And you've you've acknowledged what he's doing and you've Mm -hmm. found positive in it somehow, a humor almost. Yeah. Oh, you found a way to to deliver it with with love or humor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming from a place of love. Right. And once you get there, I think, too, it also started making me see my husband differently because sometimes he's very good at doing that kind of thing. And he, he, He's very good at delivering consequences with love and empathy. He's very good at talking their feelings out. Like he's, I was always the, I don't know, I'm just kind of a hardline disciplinarian, like by Mm -hmm. nature. And Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to do 50 push ups. You're not going to have a phone for six years. (laughs) Oh, yes, exactly. Uh We do do a lot of push ups around here. I mean, that's my military background, but now he's taking it on too. He's like, my kids are really good at at push ups. (laughs) Maybe I need somebody to (laughs) discipline me to make me do push ups. I'd be like, yeah, uh-uh. gonna, yeah, yeah. Stepdaughter eight has really uh, unusually developed muscles for her yeah. age. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but what I was going to say was I started seeing his responses differently. So before when he would kind of say something jokingly like that in order to shut something down, I didn't totally see it and see what he was doing. I would just be frustrated. Like, oh, he's so soft on them. He's not even, you know, addressing it. He's mm-hmm. just making a joke. but. When you get to a place where you are no longer so frustrated and like you can do that too, you start to see how his parenting style was a lot more effective than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> I want to put some kind of sign above, and maybe this is what I'll put for your image when I post this, is <laughs> this is what proper nachoing will get you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because of course I wonder in my head some like every time I come across a new situation, like, am I doing this right? Am I handling and I don't always get it right, you know? And we don't, but we live and we learn. And right. Once you can walk away from the dirty dishes and not be <laughs> mad about it for two hours, <laughs> you realize there's something in that. 
It's funny that you bring up the dishes though, because I swear that's the one I still struggle with the most. Yeah. <laughs> that is my trigger. <laughs> well, with our house, dishes used to be my thing before David and I got married. Clothes on the couch waiting to be folded didn't bother me as much as dishes. Dirty dishes drove me crazy. Yeah. When you have seven people in a house, oh, you always have a dirty dish. And yes. people say, oh, well, I'm OCD. I can't live like that. Let me tell you, that OCD can be broken unless you're going to divorce your husband. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that one dish or those five plates, when you just went to the bathroom and came back, it's not worth being miserable for and fighting over. That's true. And you know what? Sometimes it depends on what else happened that day, too. too. Right. But I'll realize now, like, yes, I'm real mad about this dish. But it's because all these other things piled up, too. So once you start to, like, recognize that, it it uh, yes. it helps. But, yeah, it actually, actually, it's kind of a running joke in my house because I do... I, it drives me crazy to see dish, like, dirty dishes out on the counter. So, like, I probably go by and throw a few things in the dishwasher 19 times a day. <laughs> and I don't even realize I'm doing it sometimes, you know. But it's a running joke that nobody can ever find their water cup because I've already put them all in the dishwasher. <laughs> David fusses at me for the same thing. He's like, where is my cup? It was just sitting here. Yeah. Well, it looks, Now I get blamed yeah. for it when I didn't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my stepkids, I'm sure, would have said, oh, let me do this and put a bunch of dirty dishes on the counter. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because they're button pushers. Oh, at least mine don't do that. They try to. And that's something I have to step back and realize, too. Like, mine are, are, are pretty good. And all things considered, like, we have pretty good relationships. And they, you know, they care about me, too. And I think, are they still going to put their dish down on the counter? Yeah, but it's not because they don't care about me. It's not because they're trying to create more work for me. It's not because, it's not because they're trying to be disrespectful. Kids. Yes. Yeah. It's still annoying, but I get that it definitely takes the rage out of it when mm-hmm. you real, you know, yeah, I just got to kind of look at it differently. I guess. Oh, the stepson would have done it and then thought it was a funny joke because <laughs> they do like pushing <laughs> my buttons. And one of them, <laughs> and I remember I put a post in our Facebook group about this. The stepkid loves Jiffy Cornbread. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he'll tell me, make me some Jiffy cornbread Ugh. one morning. And I got up and there was a box of Jiffy cornbread on the stove with an index card that says, you know what to do. Oh. Oh my I God. laughed so hard. I was like, I can't tell if that's a joke or if it's like, I can't imagine. Right. But you know how many people put <laughs> that, when I put that on Facebook, how many people were like, Oh, heck no. And, and they looked at it as a negative. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing and I said, those are the people that are still having bad relationships with their stepkids. Yeah. And the not showing hasn't been done properly or something because you look at things differently once you nacho. Yes. I, when you said that, I was thinking that had to be a joke because I can't imagine anybody being that arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way it got that far. <laughs> but again, all those people on Facebook were like thinking this isn't a joke. Uh, so their lives must be really. Right. They're still in a uh, bad place. My heart goes out to them because I've been there. And that's something that I've realized too, having the group, because it does get off the chain sometimes. And you have to realize a lot of these people are hurting. They can't see it the way you see it. 
Right. And that's why if somebody responds in a way that most people don't agree with, I'm not so quick to remove the post or whatever because it's a process. Yeah, I agree. You have to let it happen. Mm -hmm. And if you shut Mm -hmm. somebody down, oh, no, you shouldn't think that way. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. And if you just tell somebody you shouldn't think that way, it doesn't help them. That doesn't change anybody's thinking. (laughs) That doesn't, that's not effective. Otherwise, we would have no problems in our political discourse. We would have no problem. Like, that's just not, (laughs) it's not how humans work. So that's not helpful. I agree with you. And I think, you know, it's good that people have a place where they can feel safe to say, I mean, that that was part of the isolation and the loneliness and the pain that, that I got used to before where I felt like I didn't have anywhere I could go. But I'm to the point now where I go into the forum in the academy and I don't even have to think twice about what I'm going to say. I don't have to. And yeah, I can't tell you how important it is to have that kind of support. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. And I was so isolated before too, because like, I mean, I moved, I moved out here to, to Arizona and I don't have family out here. They live over a thousand miles away. All of them. I didn't have any friends here. In fact, I met my husband, fairly not not too long after i moved here once i did make a couple of friends but they're child free too and but once i got stepkids my life changed drastically especially when i was doing the mom thing for those early years and so i tried to make other friends who were who also had kids but what would happen is the kids would form a relationship which normally you would think great right now the kids are friends the parents are friends etc but then the kids would go over to bio moms and uh-huh. talk about them and she would reach out and now she wants to be friends with that mom too. And so, and I'm like, that's fine. I'm not going to tell anybody who to be friends with. Right. Right. But now I can't be honest mm-hmm. now with those people. Now I can't be honest about my life or how I'm feeling about things. It was so isolating. And I got to a point where I just felt like I have nobody in my corner. Not like, my, I mean, my husband is all the time, but he's got a stake in it too. It, right. It's just, it's different than having a support system that's just there for you. And I, yeah, just calling my parents or my siblings on the phone is, is not enough. And I was just kind of escaping to go back there about once a month or once every month, or, you know, every mm-hmm. couple months for a while. Every day, and every minute. <laughs> either. Yeah, that was not great either because it started to feel like that was home. And I didn't feel like I was at home when I was home. And I'm like, this isn't healthy either. I it, Honestly. And it yeah. makes you have one foot out the door, which you will never fix your yes. relationship if you have one foot out the door. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. So I'm like, this is it. I mean, to me, the most important thing was that this family work. And I think this was the thing I tried to explain to my husband most was, I know you think I'm just doing this for myself. And I partly am, right? It's mm-hmm. better for me. Look how much happier I am. It's it's easier for me. But that's not the real reason. This is actually a lot of work for me. I have to do personal work. I have to do, you know, it, it's almost like therapy you said before. Yes. You do it. But it's because I want this family to work. And maybe they didn't see yet that it it wasn't on that path, but I felt it, especially when I started going back to my parents a lot and feeling like that was home. That's when I was like, oh, this is a problem. This isn't good. And this isn't the way I want to go. I want 
my home with my husband and these kids to be my place of security and to be my home and my family. So something has to change. And it, it, it seems radical at first, right? Mm-hmm. It seems almost counterintuitive, but it works. And you're the one like, that changed. Yeah. yeah. And then everything else kind of fell in place. Yeah. And you could have kicked into, wait, why am I the one that has to change? Um, okay. Look at it this way, though. How empowering is that, that you can do something to change it? Right. You feel like you lost control. You just got it back. <laughs> you, and I'm telling you, it's an ultimate type control. It's empowering. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you want to look at somebody and say, huh, you think you can steal my joy. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 And, and it, again, it's not not caring about things. And I say this a lot. It's putting the proper emotional weight on things. Yes. Yes. And sometimes in the Facebook group, I want to say, well, if you can't nacho that, then just leave. But, you know, that's one of our rules <laughs> is we don't tell people to leave because we want relationships to work out. And leaving right. is easy. Yeah. And, but it's almost like you feel like you're arguing with people in there sometimes. Sure. Instead, they don't want to learn. They're not open-minded. They they don't get it yet. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that even even some people that have that have been there for a while. Sometimes I seem like they're they're trying to use these tools, but the mindset shift hasn't totally happened. So they're still experiencing so much angst and so much frustration. And yeah, it's yeah that 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 mindset change really is the key. Do you notice? a difference between the Facebook group responses that you get versus the responses that you get in the Nacho Kids Academy? So I have never seen the Facebook group. Really? Really. I Because I listened to the podcast first and I heard other people talk about it and I got <laughs> a sense that it was a negative place, whereas yeah. the community that was part of the Academy was, it was supportive. It was inviting. It was positive. It was private, which is very important. I I would never probably post on social media about these kind of things anyway. That's just not who I am. Right. So I've never even seen the Facebook group. Well, that is not a bad thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at all. And I'm not saying it's all bad, but it's a different environment. It's almost, let's see, how can I say this without offending anybody? Yeah. It's almost like going to a friend's house, having a cup of coffee, talking about things versus going to on stage in front of a hundred people that don't know you and half of them want to roast you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you've done a very good job, I think, setting the tone and setting the guidelines in the community. And the people who are in the academy are very invested in this too, right? I mean, they're paying to be part of it every month and they're taking these training videos so they fully understand it. Whereas outside of that, you're not going to get that level of commitment or that level of understanding. It's just, and anytime you put something out in a public forum, like people rip it apart. That's what people do on the internet. So yes, it's just, it's just a very different environment. It was probably destined to be that way. Well, I'm, I'm so thankful that you didn't join the Facebook group and think negatively about not showing because I know that happens mm-hmm. too with people because they go in there and read these posts and all these women, they're hurting 
and they're full of anger and resentment and all these feelings. So they fuel each other. Or you could look at that and go, I don't want anything to do with this group. Right. That makes sense. Like, I don't want to be part of this. Right. (laughs) And, And I don't know how to convey to people that what you read isn't what I'm saying. <laughs> Shut it down. Why do you need the Facebook group? I've thought about that. Yeah. I've thought about that on many, 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 many occasions. I bet. I can see pros and cons. Yes. And that's what it is. But I tell you, one time we thought about shutting it down. And I had somebody reach out to me that said that a video they saw on the Facebook page that we had done stopped them from committing suicide. Well, yeah, now you're like, well, I can never shut it down. Right. Yeah. Wow. And any other time that I've thought about shutting it down, because it it, it does get stressful. I have to nacho the nacho group sometimes. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> but anytime I've ever thought about it, I get a message like that or something that says, thank you, you saved my marriage. Right. Well, well still I didn't, helping people. I, yeah. I didn't save your marriage. Like you said, we provided the tools. Yeah. But right. it's still... How how do I stop that? I can't. I can't. I guess the question is, so if it gives people, a, a like you said, these people are coming, they're hurt, they're resentful, they're frustrated, they're probably at their wit's end. And 10% of them won't help. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is it still a place where people can come to and feel seen and heard or has it become a place where it's kind of doing the opposite and that probably gives you your answer I, not to plug the step monster book again but it is life-changing but you may you made me think about this passage in there where they printed a it was like a letter a journal entry or something that an actual stepmother had written and it was talking about basically a lot of the things that have been said within the forums right it's just mm-hmm. talking about how she feels about her stepkids and how frustrated she is and da 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 and the author writes about how like most people would look at, at that and go, they're just kids. What's wrong with her? She's awful. She is a monster. Yes. But the author didn't see it that way. The author called it a desperate plea for help and understanding. And oh my gosh, I'm going to cry again right now. That's the, that's the part I was reading when my husband caught me sobbing over the book. Right. <laughs> and you've created a place that gives people that. So, well... I'm not going to cry, but I did get goosebumps <laughs> when you said that. Yeah. And here I go, and I'm going to live what I preach, y'all. I got to get that one foot back in the door with that Facebook group and not think about closing it again. Because it does distract me when I keep teetering back and forth with it. Yeah. And like you said, at social media, you know we get attacked constantly. And sometimes that wears on you. Oh, uh, for sure. But, you know, that's part of putting yourself out there. But I think you believe in what you're doing. Oh, I do. So it's worth it. Yes. Let them them attack you. Well, I'm so glad (laughs) that you listen to the podcast and you joined the Academy. And most importantly, you put the work in. Thank you. And tell me if I'm wrong. You can't just join and think things are going to get better. You did a crap load of work on yourself. (laughs) I did. I did the boot camp challenges, especially helpful. And yeah, those training videos are great. I love watching the banter between you and David. It's so funny. (laughs) I think the funniest I was like when I was doing those training videos and then listening to the podcast all the time, I started speaking in a Southern accent, which I do not have (laughs) because I was listening to your voice all the time. 
People say that to me all the time. They said, yeah, I'll say something about my baby boy. <laughs> yeah. Just something Southernese pops out of their mouth. Or they can hear me in their head telling them something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that that is funny how you do that. I went to England one time, and I was there almost a month. And somebody that was with me said, are you making fun of them? And I said, no, why? And they said, you keep saying words that they say with their accent. And it's really weird here in redneck English. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I've read that it's a sign of intelligence, actually, to be able to pick up accents so easily. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm not saying I impersonate them very well, though. (laughs) (laughs) As David would say, all my accents accents sound Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's funny. It's, you know, there's something in your brain, I think, where it all, because I, I studied Russian for, for a while. And I actually, it's crazy what's going on in Ukraine right now, because that's where I studied. I stayed there for a summer. Oh, wow. Same, when I, but when I, my um, instructor commented on my accent and how I, I'm like, I, I would repeat something she said. And she was like, that was a perfect, I wouldn't know you weren't from here. And then she'd be like, but do you even know what you said? No, I have no idea. I just just repeated what you told me to, but I could do, I could do the accent, but it unlocks other parts of of your brain because the next thing I did was I'd start a sentence in Russian. And then suddenly I would say a few words in Spanish because I had studied it for one year in high school and I didn't know I still knew any Spanish. So I think it's a part of your brain maybe that just, it, it unlocks and it just works differently. And it's, it's a mystery. Yes. Yeah. It amazes me people that know multiple languages. Yeah. I think the first one is hardest to learn, like the first second language I should say. Yeah. I'm told and then it gets easier after that because you start to understand the structure mm-hmm. of language and the commonalities and so I, at least that's what I've heard but Yes, that's what I was going to say, the commonalities because I know there's a lot of words that I can recognize in different languages that I've never studied. Yeah. And I was going to Germany, so I wanted to learn enough German to know what I was eating. So I did the dual, <laughs> is it Duolingo? Yeah, I did Duolingo on my phone. And it's funny because I knew I could read it, basically, but not necessarily pronounce it because some of the syllables. But anyway, oh, yeah. I didn't think I would retain as much of that as I have, but I went on to Duolingo the other day and I was like, darn, I still remember a good bit of this. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's still back there somewhere. Like now, when I lived on the East Coast, I got to use my Russian a lot more, but it's out here West. I just haven't come across very many Russian speakers. So it's been a long time and I I probably couldn't carry on a conversation very well anymore. Right. But when I see stuff written down, it does still come back. It's just buried in there somewhere. Yeah, it's buried. That's for sure. (laughs) It's funny you said Russian. My son actually did the Duolingo for Russian. He was going to teach himself Russian. I think he got tired of it, but. Yeah, that's a very difficult, the Cyrillic alphabet, the structure of their language. It's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I could talk to you forever. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. And I'm not just saying that because you just showed what the Nacho Kids Academy can do to change your life. And this is one heck of a promo for us. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I, you guys deserve it. And I have I have tried to send, send a few other stepmoms I know that way. None of them are ready yet. But when they are, I will be here with the nacho flag. There you go. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. And keep us posted on how things go because things are going to change. You're going to hit the teenage years with your stepdaughter. Yeah. And so, of course, I want to hear what happens then. Yeah, I'm sure you will. (laughs) Because I can tell you with me, my nacho fluctuates. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the situation. Yes. Yes, I'll step back in a little bit as I, you know, almost like testing the waters and feel that. But when I start to feel a little stress or start to feel resistance or whatever, I... I pull right back and it's the the more practice I have it at using those tools, the easier that is. Although I do think it was important to just do it full on at first, just to establish a baseline. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and just to clarify, how long have you been in the Nacho Kids Academy? Um great question. I wanna say maybe four or five months. Okay. Yeah, I think probably four. But I, I would have to go back and look at my credit card bills. Did you do the change your <laughs> stinking thinking challenge? Uh, actually that, um, the funny thing is I did the boot camp and I did all the training videos within like the first couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you I do everything 110% right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, but of course the challenges are different cause it's day by day. So it took me 30 days to get through the boot camp part. And then I actually started the self love challenge, but a few days in, I realized it wasn't that helpful because I like love myself already. Like I was like, Oh, I already think these things about myself. So I stopped doing that one. And then I just started the change your stinking thinking challenge. I'm like six days in. Well, you're going to do great with that one because you've already accomplished that pretty much. Not that there's not information in there that'll still help you, but it's, um, yeah, you've changed your stinking thinking for the most part, girl. Yes, but there is still stuff in there that helps. The the five things to be grateful for every Mm -hmm. day is, at first I'm like, oh, every day is a lot, but then it does, it's helped me. You're like, again, five again? Yeah, it helps though. It makes me realize. Then you think if I don't include my husband, then it could be that I'm ungrateful for him. So I've got to include him. So then you end up with 30 (laughs) (laughs) or the same five every day. Oh, that's funny. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. We often have a lot of people ask us, can you nacho one step kid and not the other or not the others? You can. We've always said you can. You nacho what causes you stress. If you and little Susie get along great, then you nacho little Johnny if he's a little bad child. (laughs) (laughs) And in my situation, there were so many of them that I had to fluctuate who I nachoed when. Mm -hmm. Even after re-engaging. There are still ones I nacho more than others. Yep, sometimes even me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I do not show David. <laughs> Apparently not enough. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, David, what else we got going on? Oh, we know school is starting back for a lot of these kids. If the starting back to school stresses you out, get some help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Leave buying all the School supplies up to the bio parent if it stresses you out. If you enjoy going school supply shopping, then by golly, you hop your happy butt in the car and you take little Susie to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And just That's remember, okay. even if you don't like the shopping part, you can always say, once I'm done buying this stuff for this ungrateful stepkid, I'm treating myself to an ice cream. And there that way, it makes it so much more 
enjoyable, knowing that you have an ice cream waiting on you. <laughs> yes, we treat ourselves to ice cream quite a bit. <laughs> and not because we bought school supplies. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the reward for the end of our week, yet it's on the first day of the week. Is Sunday the first day of the week? It is on my calendar. But it still is the end of the week. But not. <laughs> All right, folks. I think it's time to go. My brain's <laughs> shutting down on me. Thanks for the happy birthday, honey. Uh, anybody out oh, there? Oh, wait, wait. I got something to say. David always makes fun of me when I do my spoonerisms, when I mix up my letters. <laughs> and we went to the feed and seed the other day, and he called it the seed and feed. But that's not a spoonerism. It is. You mixed up the first letter and said it wrong. No, I mixed up the whole word. I just got the words backwards. No, you mixed up the first letter. You but the first letters are the difference. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't say I'm not going to mall wart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seed, feed, feed, seed. It's only one letter different anyway. That doesn't count. Whatever. Okay. All right. Even now, <laughs> I don't expect anybody to get me anything for birthday, but uh, well, good because you ain't getting none from me. But I do have an Amazon wish list that I'll post online <laughs> if anybody's interested. <laughs> I love these people on Facebook that will put "Happy Birthday" to me. Here's my Cash App. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people can send them stuff. You recently bought something and said that it was your birthday and Christmas. Yeah, it needs to be. Yeah. I don't buy so, much, but when I do. You go all out. Yeah, but that, you know, that's typical for men, though. It's like they don't buy anything for a year, and then they'll buy a boat, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But anyway, yeah. Um, actually, if you want to get me something for my birthday, here's what you do. You sponsor somebody into the academy. That'll be a birthday gift for me. And if you can't afford to do that, leave a review for the podcast. There you go. I like that. I do too. So leave us a review. That would be my happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's enough. You've made me ramble enough. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week when apparently I'll be a year older. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe two if we don't remember what year it is. <laughs> All right. For Lori and myself, remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.